One Together podcast, the podcast about bringing us together as one. It's funny. And it has been getting bigger and bigger every week with a mission to stop bullshit media from creating stupid stories that play into an idea that we just want drama and titillating headlines with zero substance. I mean, do you want that? Do you want gossip and rubbish that has no real substance? Because I was told that you do by many people in the entertainment industry. And what's more, that that's what women want? Ugh. Anyway, look, if we haven't already met, I am a very passionate and eccentric Heather Maltman. This entire podcast was created in the hope of creating an industry of media whereby we actually have to give you what you want rather than us telling you what you want. Let's educate ourselves and talk about stuff that really matters. And I am proud and loud about being a person who wants to connect people for real which we are very proud to say has been happening. So thank you. Thank you for sharing your stories and requests to keep joining the podcast. I will get back to all of you, so please keep on saying hi. But first, we need to get into this week's episode. Okay, just wait till you hear this woman's silky tones and incredibly wise mind, all right? The person I'm talking about is Tanya Gacic. She is a world-famous supermodel. Uh, Yeah. And weirdly, we actually worked together when I was a teenager. Anyway, I stumbled across her article about the patriarchy in modern times, right? And I was like, damn, I mean, this human is is smart and, and just thinks completely outside the box and has a way of like taking all the information across the years and, and, and has just tied it all together so beautifully and eloquently. And I was like, we have to get her on only for me to check her out and be like, wow, okay, as if she doesn't just get completely pigeonholed as being completely good looking and having absolutely nothing else to offer the world. So as we started talking about that, we also delved into, you know, how she survives on a regular basis, a superficial industry, the dangers for young women in modeling. And then she also opens up about her family background and leaving a war-torn country and how that affected her life growing up in Australia. So we do all this from her amazing home in Sydney with her crazy cute kitty cat on a lazy Sunday afternoon with a delicious cola flavour kombucha in our hands because we're trendy AF. Yeah, Heather Maltman just said AF. Now get a load of this. The following podcast contains coarse language and sexual themes. The topic of model dieting comes up and the one podcast recommends contacting Lifeline on 13 11 14 or a trusted medical professional for more support. That was a long article, huh? I like the for you. <laughs> Don't you dare diminish what you wrote. I won't allow you to do that. Thank that you. is such a powerful, honest, fantastic interpretation, I believe, of the situation that we're in. Thank you. Thank and you so much. It just... It, Reading it again, oh. It just really like, I think it really, it took a long time to write. And I think Mm. um, I wanted to write it like a couple months earlier. And to be honest with you, I'm so glad that I waited because Mm. I just felt like I wouldn't have done as balanced a piece Mm -hmm. if I hadn't have read everything and just really trolled through everything and and also, tried to heal the the really hurt part of me, you know? Mm. Yeah. You know, I think I, I think that once uh, you have been hurt but toxic masculinity, it's so hard to um, 
regain your objectivity, you know? Oh, yeah. You have women on forums that, you know, were in a narcissistic relationship 20 years ago mm-hmm. and they still are caught up in those emotions and yeah. those you know, triggers are really still triggering to them. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, you know, that's that's the scary thing about the human mind, isn't it? Like whenever you do have a trauma, it really does etch that into your brain. And it's so hard unless you do deep intensive work. It's really hard to get rid of those, like you said, etches the other day, you know. Mm-hmm. It is really hard to understand um how you are triggered and why you're triggered and why you are so emotional, you know? The thing that's blown me away the most is you are literally the embodiment of a stigma. Like I feel like so many people would look at you as a woman and go, oh, she's just a model. That's yeah. all she's done. She's just modelled. She can't be intelligent. She wouldn't She wouldn't have a, an educated opinion on what's going on in the world today because all she does is stand there and look beautiful. And, you know, we were talking about it on the weekend, um, your social media. And, you know, obviously everyone knows now that, you know, someone's social media isn't indicative of who they are. Mm. There's so much more to you as a complex human being. But in reading that article, you really broke something for me that I have actually struggled with for a really long time. And that is I hate feeling beautiful. I hate feeling like I am a beautiful woman I hate it when people call me pretty I hate it when people acknowledge my physical beauty because I feel like it automatically means I must be stupid because when I used to model because people treated you like that right it was like oh she's just some dumb because like a lot of people don't know when I was in my teenage years and I literally have never shared this Tanya I I used to model and we worked out the other day that we actually modeled together yeah and that's how I knew your face I was like this is crazy I was like I thought I knew you And I don't tell people that I used to model. I don't tell people the success I got from modeling because Mm. I'm scared that if they know they're going to treat me differently, like I'm dumb or have an inability to have an opinion or I'm going to be degraded somehow for having done that, not just by men though but by women as well. Yeah. And your article so perfectly encapsulates that whole fear all in one, just perfectly. It's just all there in writing. And but when you look at it, like, it's oh. because of the fact that, you know, we had, like, you know, beauty was such a commodity mm. in the patriarchy. Like, if you're beautiful, you had a maid. Yeah. You, you don't need anything I mean? else. You don't need anything else. So, yeah. you know, traditionally it was like women would be jealous of you mm-hmm. because you had a maid. You know, men would just want you for this. And it suddenly and, meant know, that had, you could get any guy you wanted as well. Yeah, and it's like, exactly. I struggled to date. What are you talking about? I know, same. But also, like, I did have relationships in which the guys were just interested in me for, I would always think, yeah. oh, it's my stellar personality. Or it's, <laughs> or it's how. It's because I'm really smart, It's because right? I'm really funny. <laughs> but no, like, no. they literally were not interested in anything else but my looks, you know. Yeah. And so it is such a big, I think when, when you are, like, born with beauty, it can be such a, you know, such a curse and such a blessing at the same time mm. because you do actually feel like you do have that kind of doubting thing in the back of your mind all the time. Like, are you just into me for my body? Mm-hmm. Like, do you just want me because I look pretty when I come? You know what I mean? <laughs> Damn, that is just so right on. Yes, 
I'm not going to lie, when I was younger, I used to worry about how I looked when I came and I was like, I should look sexy when this happens. And then eventually I realised I wasn't actually having an orgasm because yeah, I was too busy actually, trying to look, look good. good. And I was like, I got to stop doing that. I know. I know. It's so weird, right? Um, but yeah. like one of the, I'm, I'm running another article now, but after this one, I'm writing an article about um, beauty. And so this is really interesting. And I've been thinking about this for, for a few months and it's all about you know, I've grown up in this world and, you know, you know, I've got 24 years in the business or something. Mm-hmm. And it's like crazy to have been in the fashion world for that long. Um, because, you know, you do get so desensitized to like what is the norm and what is, you know, crazy fashion world stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean? true. Like you think that all these things are normal, but like then you like look at it through a different lens and you're like, Jesus fucking Christ, no one gives a shit that much, you know? Mm-hmm. But but what I find so amazing about it is that it's now sort of because of the social media world, it is all kind of trickling back into that world and, like, this whole sense of perfection and mm-hmm. um, being completely um, perfect all the time. It's such a big thing now. And I, and I find that crazy because, you know, even as a model I used to have to spend – you know, most of my day looking really perfect and having oh, like perfectly applied makeup and yep. and going somewhere really well dressed. And mm-hmm. this was part of the job. But as soon as I get home, all I want to do is like take off my makeup and like get in my sweats <laughs> and, you know, like just yep. chill out on the couch and it would be like, ah, yep. oh, I can like finally relax. Um, but it's so funny because it's like, these days, like, women feel like they need to look perfect 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. And it's like they go to sleep with makeup on. Oh, man. Just so I, that they oh. can wake up looking perfect next to their partner. Are you ready for this? My Okay, one of my ex-boyfriends, he dated a girl, and this is part of the reason why we're still such good friends. I'm the only girlfriend he's ever had that didn't wear makeup 24-7 and one of his girlfriends, she used to wear makeup to bed and then she'd wake up at 2 a.m. and wash off the old makeup and reapply oh new God. makeup and hop back into at 3 a.m. and then wake up with her makeup looking almost perfect. Oh, God. I mean, it's I crazy, couldn't. Right? I couldn't do that. I, I couldn't do that either. I like sleeping. <laughs> I like sleeping with, with my skin breathing. Yeah, and I'm <laughs> sorry, bitch. But breathing, organ yes, breathing. you're going to wake up in the morning and I'm going to look like a shepherd dog and what's worse is my mouth is going to smell like a camel took a shit in there I'm sorry but I'm human and sometimes I fart in my sleep like I can't I'm not going to stop that for you that's so funny and yeah well sometimes sometimes it'll wake you up you kind of like forget (laughs) that they're there (laughs) I have to say that's my favorite part about being single is I don't have to worry about going and getting my legs laser hair removed (laughs) as much and I can fart in my sleep. <laughs> can I tell you a secret? Sometimes I'll actually push one out. Just oh, to be like, Are you kidding I me? I did it. Who doesn't do that? Like, I think anyone really? on their okay. own would do that. Okay. I think anyone in a relationship would like try and do that really quietly. Yeah, but, you like, try to like you push your cheek to one side and like let it out silently. Sometimes you like roll your leg over like, I'm just looking sexy. And it's like, no, you're not. You're farting. <laughs> Sorry, girls. I just gave that away for everyone. Um, but it's funny because I feel like these days, like, girls are so obsessed with it that, you mm. know, they're, like, 24 and they're like, oh, my God, I'm getting a wrinkle. Like, I need to wipe that out straight away. And, mm-hmm. you know, we were talking about when you came to see me in the weekend to see if the, the house was going to be good for, to film in. Um, you know, we are talking about that book, 
um, the emotional life of the brain. And the thing that really took me aback when I was reading that book is the fact that, um, you know, they have found that emotions are a feedback system. So it's not just an emotion is created through your thoughts and then, you know, you feel it and, and it makes your face make an expression. That's not actually how it works. What happens is that happens, but then the expression on your face is an actual feedback for your emotions. So like the expression that you make on your face mm. indicates what emotion you're feeling. So it's a feedback. So if you're brain. not sending back to your brain anger or sadness or happiness that it's yeah. used to. Then you're not really processing that emotion and you're Oof. not coming to conclusions about that situation. Such a heavy reality. It's so real. And I find that like it, in the case of my own personal, um, you know, uh, life, I basically like got this free um, Botox thing mm. um, like four years ago. And I was just like, you know, I had just split up with my partner and, you know, it was like six months in and I was like, maybe I need to like, you know, I'm in my like late 30s now. And um, I was like, you know, maybe I need to do this. Like maybe I need to look super fresh. Mm. And um, and because it was free, I was like, yeah, I'll just do it. And then I got it done and like, and then I met this new guy that I was with. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, like there was like, you know, we were not, the thing was like, you know, there was like lots of red flags that this was not okay. Um but I don't think I was, like, really showing it on my face, even though I was, like, unhappy like, mm, hey. with his behaviour. Yeah. I don't think it was, like, showing on my face. That you weren't impressed. That I wasn't impressed. <laughs> so he you kind just of thought that I was just, okay. like, oh, really into him and, and doing all this. Because <laughs> he was, like, you were so nice to me for the first six months. Oh. And I was, like, that's how long it took for the Botox, Botox to wear off. <laughs> So like, Imagine like, how many men are having sex with women right now who have so much Botox in their face they're not moving that they just look constantly okay when they're coming. <laughs> She's just like, I'm having a really good time. I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's a, there's a portion of it that is so Stepford Wife that it really bugs me. Mm. You know, it's like you are really like, like limiting your emotional space and I wonder what that's going to happen when it's, when it's done so early in life that it's kind of mm. like it's the formative years of I mean, Teenagers my 20s are getting it. were like, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. What? My 20s, I, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing in my life. Can I no. swear on this? I'm so sorry. Ah, it's already happened. <laughs> I mean, we've said come at least four times now. Oh, yeah. so. <laughs> four now. <laughs> can make it five, come. There we go. <laughs> I'll put a parental oh, warning God. on it. <laughs> okay, good. Um, but, yeah, it's like, you know, it's like the formative years are so important to understanding yourself as a woman, as a human being, that I find that, like, if we are just, like, really numbing all of these emotional responses, like, is is that what, what sort of generation is that going to create, you know? Mm. I find that weird. And, you know, to be honest with you, like, I have nothing against plastic surgery or fillers or anything mm-hmm. like that. I think that if you're of a certain age and you want to look better and you feel like you want to look fresh and you know, you feel like this is something that's going to be a little boost to your life. Like, Or your nothing... chin is hanging in your shoes. Yeah, exactly. Power to you. If you really hate your nose, you know, and you've <laughs> really made a decision that you're really not into it, you know what I mean? Like, go, go for it, you know. But at the same time, I think the need to be, like, there needs to be 
a cool off period for this mm. age wise you know i think that you know as a 20 year old you're not capable like you do not your wrinkles do not need to be hidden like you no. you do not have wrinkles that are so deep that mm. they need to be hidden you yeah. know what i mean like i think and if you do there's there might be a reason for it and maybe like before just going and getting like a shitload of toxic chemicals put into your face to freeze it yeah maybe have like a discussion first off with a therapist and then secondly with a gp you know and yeah. i'm sure some people have gone through that and there's extenuating circumstances and like we said if you really feel like you need to do it go go hard you know power to you Woo. you know females do what they want you know rah and to yeah. burn a bra or whatever but at the same time it's like we're talking about the mass need for young women to feel like they have to change everything about them physically and this is what really sat with me the most from your article as well is when you talked about you know um toxic this toxic feminism that's sort of coming about as well and your friends saying she doesn't want to be a feminist because she doesn't want to be a man hater and all that kind of thing and the mis misconceived idea of what feminism is because you know feminism is about creating equality it's not about hating on men yeah and the women that do hate on men they're lost and they you know they need help just as much as yeah. the toxic as, masculinity yeah, does. Exactly. But um, what really sat with me is what we were sort of talking about yesterday, I guess, in that, you know, there's just this concern that we're kind of going backwards to go forwards. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I wonder how you, like how do you deal with being in an industry where it's, all based on how you look. And you and I have both been in that industry before. Yeah. Um, my reason for quitting actually had nothing to do with the physical part of modelling. It was for personal reasons, which I'm happy to share. Um, but to stay in the industry for as long as you have, be successful in it, see where it's gotten you, you know, it's created a lot of opportunity for you, as we've said. But also you also mentioned, you know, seeing the fact that it's created a world where these young girls are so fixated on how they look. And now what's worse is they have access to these filters and these airbrushing equipment and, you know, these um, surgeries and implants and uh, chemical, you know, improvements to their faces. And I don't like even like using the word improvement because sometimes it looks weird. Yeah, um, I feel like a lot of times it can look weird. Yeah, how it do you? It looks like a mask. It does. On. It looks like a yeah. mask. You don't even look like a person anymore. And I wonder how have you kept sane in an industry like that? Because back when I was doing it, I struggled knowing that oh God, girlfriends yes. at school were looking at the magazines that yeah. I was in and trying to be perfect like them. And I would have to say to them. I am not even that image. <laughs> like I, I move in weird places and yeah. I don't have boobs. And yeah. I mean, you know, like, you got to just like I always used to remind my girlfriends, I'd be like, babe, you know, they would know because they would know the real me, you mm. know, so they would know that. But I, I think that sometimes it's like you got to really like understand like there is a whole bunch of professionals working on this image and they're mm -hmm. creating something and you're not even as important as the dress. You know what I mean? The dress needs to look beautiful. You know? Oh, you're so right. And so, like, you're just, like, something that fits into the dress. What's some of the worst things the that you've had good. photographers say to you? Oh, God, I had... Because I've got, I've got a doozy, but I, I want to hear what <clears> yours <throat> I had. Oh, I had so much stuff. I had, 
you know, like the, the general, like you're too fat, you're too skinny kind of vibes. But then also mm-hmm. I had an ex-boyfriend of mine tell me um, that I didn't look good straight up. And he was a photographer, like straight to the camera. And I swear to fucking God, I like, <coughs> I like carried this on for like 10 years or something until oh. I was on the shoot and this guy was like, turn front on. And I'd be like, what do you mean? It's like, turn front on. I'm going to show you. You do look beautiful front on. Why yeah. did you think this? Wow. And I'd be like, oh, my God. It was like, a, like an actual thing that I like internalized wow. so long ago. Wow. It's crazy. Like, yeah. what are the things that they told you? Oh, I'll never forget this guy. And I'm not going to say his last name, but you know who you are, Chris. <laughs> um, Chris decided that he would say to a 15-year-old, I was 15 at the time. Oh, God. And I was shooting in Sydney and I just, we, we, we just finished doing Sydney Fashion Week actually. And I needed to get some new shots for my portfolio and I was shitting myself because I'd only ever done photos with one photographer up on the Gold Coast and he was an older man and he was so lovely and yeah. his name was Lou Tamlin, amazing man, really sweet and kind. So it was my first time shooting with a completely new photographer and I was crapping my pants and had all these different outfits. And one of the outfits was this sheer brown top with a um, peacock feather on it. And I had to get changed in the street, which, you know, that's yeah. what you have. You just get changed. Yeah. You just get it's nude. Just you nude up then. and you, you put that it on. That was like no me too back then. <laughs> no. There was no like, yeah. you know, model rules. No, <laughs> and there was, there was no dividing curtain. You just got naked nah. on set and just you just naked. got changed. And I put on the little top and I went and stood um, to get the photos taken. And Chris goes, oh, honey, I don't really think we can put you in that top because we can tell that you're in between puberty and becoming a woman. Oh, my gosh. Um, you've got that weird ugly boob look where oh. they're not quite boobs yet but they're not quite flat oh like a child God. either. And Who he's like, says that? He said that to me. To and I remember 15 year old. Mm, 15 years old. Oh. And I'm not going to lie, I still wonder if my boobs are ever going to fill out to oh <laughs> female size. But, like, it ruined me. It ruined me for years. Like, I would only wear padded bras. I wouldn't let a guy see the top half of my body naked. Oh, yeah. Um, swimsuits. I hated wearing, like, you know, most girls, like, back in the 90s wore board shorts. Yeah. I wanted to wear T-shirts because I didn't want anyone seeing my boobs. Like, Oh, my God. That's Weird so fixation. Horrible. Yeah, it really ruined me. And it <coughs> wasn't until I was, oh, man, I would have been, I would have been 20. And I met this guy and we had the work, like it was an awful relationship. We were so bad to each other, but we dated for five years. But one, th- one gift he did give me in those five years is he, I took my top off in front of him and he goes to me, you have the most amazing chest. Aww. And I was like, what, my small, weird, like half child, half female <laughs> boobs <laughs> that kind of like point out in a strange direction. And he's like, no, they don't. He's like, they're lovely. Yeah. And he just kissed my chest everywhere, oh, just everywhere, so just beautiful. kissed the whole area. See, isn't it so divine when oh, masculinity is like this? Yeah. When it is healing and yeah. when it is like divine and just like but beautiful and loving. Calming. And calming. And open. And open. Oh, oh man. And, and real. Oh, the vulnerability. And oh. humble. Like just oh. humbling It's yourself. such a turn on. Oh, it's, it's such, such a, turn a turn on. on. And I don't like, get it why guys up. think that they need to be so macho because like actually this is what is oh. beautiful, you know? It's the hottest thing you can do to a girl is yeah. let yourself really feel something. like, And not do it to manipulate her into feeling connected to you but actually really feel it. Yeah. Which brings me to my next question is, you know, you were talking about um, 
you know, feeling like, uh, and we both have obviously, is that feeling of having to be beautiful and your beauty being used almost as a weapon in relationships. How have you dealt with that? Because it's almost like when you're a beautiful woman, you can't complain about being beautiful. It's like, but you're beautiful, you're lucky. Yeah, no. It's like, hang on a second. Because that very statement is the reason why I'm not lucky. That very yeah. statement right there is the reason why I'm already going to have a hard time. Look, so I had, I had every, every single one of my boyfriends when we were breaking up would bring it up as some sort of a, you know, derisive thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like everything that they found, you know, amazing about you in the beginning and everything that they praised about you, that's the exact thing that they would devalue in the end. Mm-hmm. And I remember this one boyfriend of mine saying to me, oh, you'll be fine, the world, will never, the world will never let a pretty girl go hungry. I almost choked on my drink. And it was like, and it was like, you know, you're like, we, our love is falling apart and mm-hmm. I'm upset. What the hell has this got to do with my beauty or the world feeding me? I'm talking about our love here. You know what I mean? It wow. was like for some reason my beauty made me, you know, not recipient to emotions or something. Like I don't understand. I think there's been a lot of that in my life and I think also like I think the most hurtful it is is when like women are subconsciously or semi-consciously jealous yeah and I'm always like love them so much Mm -hmm. and then that kind of like dynamic really upsets me almost to the point where I will like try and be overly nice to them and yeah. subdued my, sub, subdue all that I am mm-hmm. and become almost like less than what I am. You try not to shine as much. Especially when they're around their man. Oh, I man. Be like, I oh. would be like really, yes. you really, right down. really dull right down yeah. just to make them feel comfortable. And that's when I really dislike it because I'm like, like I know that I'm blessed with this I know that this is like a genetic lottery that I've got and it's like not like I'm not like the most beautiful woman in the world there's so many more beautiful women that I am but I know that like you know I'm like somewhere you know I'm pretty I'm I'm pretty enough to to be discovered to model I can even see like as we're talking about this I already see you trying to make sure that what you're saying isn't going to upset Another woman. Yeah. I can I mean, already but, see you doing but it you right now. you know what now. I mean? Like I, like I also yes, wasn't I pretty. I wasn't considered pretty until I was like about 14. And it was almost like overnight. <gasps> Me too. Like I was yes. ugly. Like all the boys thought I was ugly. All the boys thought I was like a tomboy. Yeah. No one thought I was cute. Like what sort I of nicknames no did boobs. you get? What kind of teasing oh, nicknames did like you get? like flat-chested things like and, wall yeah I got called surfboard I mean they were all Croatian because I was back in Croatia oh, what, like, what did you get <laughs> I just like because my name is Tanya so mm-hmm. which Tanya means like thinner so it was like everything on that kind of oh, thing oh no um so I got called lollipop for a while oh god because I had a really big head and a really skinny <laughs> flat-chested body but I like to think I grew into my head and it's not as big anymore. Oh, but... your head is beautiful. Oh, thank you. It still doesn't fit most hats, <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> it just serves a purpose. Time for a quick break and for you to hear about the products that One Together gets behind. All right, drinking alcohol is a pastime in Australia that you just can't get away from. All right, it happens over here. In fact, it's a big cultural thing the world over. 
But if you're anything like me and you cannot drink very often or you like to be mindful of the effects that it has on your body, but you also don't mind the odd wine or sundowner as well, do I have the gift for you? I actually do. It's called Body Armor and it's actually this really smart drink that was developed by a team of dudes that wanted to protect their liver when they were drinking alcohol, right? So it actually helps with the effects of hangovers, which is awesome. It means that you can actually get up and get into the day if you've maybe gotten a little bit too frazzled the night before. But also it's recognized by the TGA over here, which means it's categorized as a medicine. And that, my friends, is really difficult to do. Even pregnant women drink it for nausea. So it's this really boss stuff and it will help you out a lot. It really protects your liver and all of the good things that you need it to do when your body isn't doing good. So you can get it on their website. That's bodyarmor.com.au or you can get it on their socials, bodyarmor.au. That's A-R-M-O-U-R because they wanted to keep you in the mix. Get it? Yeah, because they thought of you when they made it. That's a little joke I added in for you. Thanks for staying with us. Everything we endorse is fully backed and loved by the team at One Together. We do our research on every company or product to make sure it's either healthy-minded or it will serve to give back to the community or even the environment in some way. So let's get back to that discussion. So, but you know what I mean? I think mm. it's... Well, I grew up with that kind of thing when I was you know, younger and I just felt like... I wasn't beauty, beautiful and I wasn't noticeable. And then I kind of like, almost, it was almost overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, something changed and then all of a sudden like people started noticing me and boys started hitting on me and I was like, what's going on? It was kind of like a real mm-hmm. what's going on situation. A vortex. But you know what's interesting? Now that I'm like getting a bit older again and the other day like I was like, I had the flu and I was so sick. Like I looked like shit, you know, like I was really sick. <laughs> and I was just like literally, you know, no makeup and like my hair was tied up and I had like this like horrible beanie because I was so cold even though it was like mm-hmm. a heat wave. Oh, shit. And I walked to the shops, you know, to get some lemons or something. And, <laughs> um, and it was like I was invisible because I was dressed in these like dowdy clothes and I looked so bad. I had this beanie on my head and there was this like hot guy in the supermarket and you know how like he like trying to like kind of tried to flirt with him like Uh because you're just kind of like oh my god there's a hot guy like (laughs) it's like your vagina starts telling you to do it it's like hey he's pretty it's like shut up bitch we're not doing this today (laughs) (laughs) but like I started doing it because I forgot what I look like and um (laughs) so I was like doing the whole like you're walking around the like yeah you know the apple stand and you're like doing the eye and all that kind of stuff. And, and he's like, whoa. He was just like not biting. <laughs> the creature from the abyss. <laughs> and, like, and you're like, hey, have to go. I was like, your pace. And then I was like, oh, my God, what's wrong with me? And then I like, I was like, oh, that's. I looked oh, that's down the, and I was like, oh, yeah. that's what's wrong that's with me. That's the issue. <laughs> but I was like, oh, my God, like that is something that's going to start happening with age as well. Like this was just like a short period of like blossoming (laughs) soon enough like it's gonna be back into kind of like pre-14 days where like Mm -hmm. you know like hardly anyone would ever notice you you know what I mean like and I think there's beauty is such a what beauty is is it's just the spotlight Mm -hmm. you know and you can be spotlit and you can be amazing or you can be spotlit and this is just what you are you're just the spotlight you know what I mean yeah so it's not 
beauty is not anything. It's not a substance. It's a light, you know. It's a light that's shown on you for a period of time or in this life or it's something that you're given, but it's not anything that's of substance. It's just another gift, like, I don't know, pretty feet or, you know. <laughs> Some people <laughs> do have a normally beautiful you know? feet. <laughs> Some people have such gorgeous I such do not, so that's why I'm always, like, obsessed with beautiful feet. Just quickly, have you heard of Feetopedia? No. Okay, there is a website called Feetopedia and it's of um, famous people's feet. I think I'm on there. I th- I'm on someone it. someone sent me a thing, like, one day and they were like, see if you they were like, oh, my God, like, here's some entry on on a, on a feed website and I was like actually yeah. quite I was like this is so creepy but then I was actually quite I was actually quite flattered you were like, I was like oh thank you I was like why do you think I have nice feet I never thought I had nice feet wiki feet is what it's called sorry yeah I think right. mine is better just side note whatever <laughs> um I I <laughs> you do have pretty feet though thank you I am actually yeah. I am actually on the site and I'm quite proud of it myself I don't know how I'm on the site I mean, if I am on that side, I know that someone sent me something from a, from definitely like a foot fetish site, and yeah. I thought to myself, how nice would it be to be with someone who did think that your feet were beautiful? Because I love foot messages so much. Does that mean uh, that you would just get a foot message? Oh no, I don't time? think you're on there. Oh no, oh, I'm not on there. I'm not on a different you. one. You, you definitely <laughs> do have beautiful feet. <laughs> Thank you. I've got that thing where I don't have the second toe longer than the big toe. See, I think I do. So I think that's a no. Oh no, they're pretty. No, I don't know why your feet aren't on there. They're fantastic. Mm, I don't know. Take a photo of them and we'll send them into the organizer. <laughs> oh my god, no. <laughs> I'll actually take a photo. Do you think my feet are beautiful? I think your feet. Look, are I'm trying beautiful. to do foot modeling, and foot modeling is like the, the hardest thing <laughs> of all time. <laughs> <laughs> That's just made my day. But they look fantastic. Oh my god, look! You've so got dainty. lovely feet. They're so dainty and like special. Isn't and that like calves? They're isn't so that what you always try to do? Like with feet, you try to make them look dainty, like, like dainty and nice. Yeah. I remember that I've got my um, ex-boyfriend. Like he said, when I first met you, I thought to myself for weeks, um, I can't go out with her because she's got big peasant hands. What? <laughs> this is how he was trying no. to talk himself out of being with me. He was She's like, got you have big, big peasant hands. <laughs> what, is he like a lord? Like, I don't know. Feed them bread. But then I was like, <laughs> I did not. Like Dude. once we got together, he, he like confided in me and told me that. I was like, I do not have big peasant hands. No, I you've got fantastic hands. Okay hands. Like they're, they're lovely. not. They're just. Normal hands. They're lovely right. feminine hands. Oh, my God. I mean, that's the thing, right? I mean, wow. you, you always the feel so slighted when something's not feminine. You yeah. know what I mean? It's so important to be feminine as a woman. But mm. then it's like, it's also like this is where it all goes wrong, you know, because it's like all these things that, you know, as a man you wouldn't be, you know, chastised about. All mm-hmm. of a sudden when you're a woman – it's completely unacceptable. Mm. Like if you're opinionated as a man, you're strong. As a woman, you're hysterical, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, wow, like why isn't that the same, you know? Yeah. So I think that whole like femininity of trying to be feminine in a certain way just to like be, you know, appeasing to, to, to the man or mm-hmm. to mankind, that is so, that is where the, you know, the dichotomy like falls apart as well you know because Mm -hmm. it's just like it's actually like 
it should be the same, you know? It should mm. be like as a woman, if you're opinionated, you should be strong. As a woman, if you, I don't know, like there's so many options to this. If you don't want to um, put up with stuff, you know, like you are decisive, you know what mm. I mean? Why isn't why isn't a man like Have a you, bitch, you know what yeah, I mean? <laughs> yeah, and they can be little bitches. And can I just ask you, have you ever had the experience um, whereby, because this is something that's happened to me in the last two years, I was having an issue with someone and I have a very, like when I work, when I go to work, I try to give the best of myself. I try to have fun and involve people and I dance and I put music on and I involve everyone in the music and I try to lift the spirit up every single day that I work. And I was working with someone who hated that and they would literally turn the music off and tell me to stop doing it. Oh, no. And they did it for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then eventually they complained about me to my manager. So I was like, okay, all right, well, I guess I better stop that then. So I came in silently and respectful and sat there quietly. Then I was complained about for being rude. Apparently I wasn't saying hello in the mornings, I okay. wasn't being polite and I wasn't talking to anyone and I was like I, I, was, I was shutting my mouth. I was trying <laughs> not to upset this person and now I'm upsetting them more? What the, what the fuck? But do you think so do like, you know what the answer was? His right. an, my manager's answer to me was, and I wonder if you've had this, well, maybe you just need to find a happy medium between the two. Maybe the problem is that you can't be too, you know, verbose and fun and, you know, have fun and dance and stuff, but also don't come in too quiet and not say anything. And I was like, right. hang on a second. So I have oh, to adapt God. my complete self to try and find some happy medium for this other person yeah. in order for us to coexist. Why can't they just accept that that's the way I am and I accept that that's the way they are? Yeah. They don't want to dance around in the mornings. They don't want to have fun. They don't want to be a part of it. Yeah. That's cool. Just ignore me. Block it out. You don't have to be a part of it. Yeah. And then I can have fun and I can dance around and I can be silly. Why does it have to be their way just because that's the guy in the room? I think that, like, when you get into this, like, it becomes so interesting because I've really been delving this into this myself lately. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like whenever you like meet someone and or hang out with them and there's like things that annoy you about them, <laughs> it's like always got to do, it's always something about you. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's always some like internal thing about you. Yeah. It's either like if you're stuck somewhere or you, you would like to be more like that, or you are actually like that sometimes to other people. Mm-hmm. Like I had a girlfriend of mine say to me the other day, she was just like seeing, she started seeing a guy and um, they were getting on really well. And then sort of like, you know, a couple months later, she was like, oh, I don't think I'm really that into him. You know, like sometimes when he's trying to get like, you know, sometimes when he's in like a, a friend environment, he'll say something like, he'll like deliberately say something stupid so that he can be laughed at. And I think it's like his, his way of getting validation and it just really turns me off. And I was mm. like, well, where are you like that? Like, where is it? Where are you like that? Damn. And then she was like, well, you know, I guess since I was young, I always used to be really scared about saying something stupid mm. and being perceived as stupid. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, see? And she's like, oh, my God, that makes so much sense. And it's like, yeah, you know, we walk through this world and 
we are all just mirrors to each other, you know, mm. and we are the mirrors to each other that is the opposite mirror and you need to grow from that and understand who you are mm -hmm. from that or you are really like a similar mirror but just like in a different way mm. of like approaching the problem, you know, or you're just like a provoking a certain person just to get what you need to see from the mirror. Mm -hmm. But we can't grow without a relationship. Like if you were in on a tropical island, you would always kind of say the same person. You would just be like, you know, influenced by like adverse effects in your environment. But you wouldn't like grow as like a human being and some understanding without having someone else there to spar with or to like to have the conflict with. So as human beings, we actually grow from conflict. And you can't do that. You can't grow from a conflict if you're A, really unhealthy in conflict, or B, if you're avoidant of conflict. You know what I mean? So there are so many people in the world that are really shit in conflict. You know, they'll argue with you over things that you are in such an unhealthy way, mm -hmm. like they will do things like insult and, you know, do personal, you know, character assassinations and, you know, try and stop you being who you are, like mm -hmm. what happened to you. And it's just so unhealthy. Like you're actually not looking at yourself. You're not looking at who you are. You're not um, looking at what this means to you. And you're not resolving the situation in a compromising way, you know? Mm -hmm. Or there is people who are just completely avoiding conflict, thinking that this is healthy and that preserving status quo is what's necessary. But it's just keeping everyone stuck. Like no one, no one can actually grow unless they have truth and unless they have healthy conflict. And it, that's the way of the world. So this guy, I mean, he's just expecting you to become him but then when you do become him he is like worried that he's an asshole because he's stopping you from so then it just makes him feel guilty and shameful again it's like he can't he can't work himself out you know what I mean mm -hmm. so I don't think it's really your problem you know what I mean okay. and you shouldn't be trying to solve that <laughs> you know I mean you could be like more quiet around him in particular mm. obviously if he you know likes his quiet space mm. but you know you everyone can always be more considerate of each other yeah you know and like work out a compromise but I think like saying you need to be this way is just really that's that's just manipulation and control mm. you know that's not healthy so you just yoded the shit out of me, which I love and I'm all about that. How how did you get to be the person you are today? You talked about growing up in... Oh, gosh. Oh, my God. I feel like this is what I mean. I mean, like, I think that oftentimes and what you were saying, you know, people look at your Instagram feed and they think you're a certain person. And, you know, I had this really um, traumatic DM sent to me by this single mother and she said to me, look... Please help me. I know you're a single mom. You know, I'm a single mom of two kids. I'm so depressed and so suicidal. I, I don't know how to deal with my life right now. I'm, like, in tatters. And she's like, how do you do it? Like, how do you look so perfect? How do you look like you have everything? How do you do everything? Mm. And I was just like, you know, I sent her such long DMs and I was like, I don't. You know, this is not 
who I am. This is not the full picture. This is something that I do for work, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm so lucky to get given clothes and, you know, makeup and I can look fresh every day and I can, otherwise my wardrobe would be repeating just like yours, you know. Mm -hmm. My job is to show women what's on the market so they can make a choice on to what they want to buy. But I'm not like buying all this stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm not like living this perfect life 100% of the time. I get depressed. I get so anxious, you know. And I think it was that DM that made me sort of want to, you know, explore putting more of myself out there and putting my opinions out there and putting – you know, how I did get to this place mm -hmm. out there because I don't want people to think and I especially don't want young women to think this, you know. It's actually disturbing to me that, that anyone will think that anyone's life is perfect because I know it's not. And I've known so many people with who are richer and, <clears throat> you know, have fame and all this sort of stuff who are the same way. I think everyone in the world today is struggling in the same way. I think mm -hmm. that, you know, like Johnny Depp said, you know, before his fall um, from grace, money does not buy you happiness. Money just buys you a boat big enough to sail right up to it. <laughs> um, you know, but it yeah. doesn't buy you happiness. It didn't buy him happiness either. No. You know what I mean? And, and I think that, you know, I started off, I was, I was like, started off in Yugoslavia, which, you know, was a country um, made up of lots of different other countries. And to me, it seemed very happy. I had a happy childhood. Uh, but around 10, uh, a war broke out and it separated the whole country. And the first day I came to school, you know, instead of um, being called by my name um, and being asked to stand up in class, I was... I was, it was called Serbian, and I didn't even understand by that point, but my, my last name is Serbian. My father is Serbian. So all of a sudden, I was living in Croatia as the enemy, and all of a sudden, half of the people I knew and loved hated me. My best friend became a friend of me overnight and ended up bullying me for years. Um, you know, we would go into, you know, like air raid shelters and people would like, you know, scowl at us. You know, I would sometimes just leave because I didn't want to be there. If I was there without my parents, I would just go back to my apartment. Um, you know, I had like my, my father who is like a transcendent meditator um, and with like no interest in violence um, was like paramilitary mob of men would come into the house looking for him because purely because he was Serbian and he would like Serbian men would be found in a river floating the next day by this kind of like illegal mob of men and um, my dad got a job as like a night guard of this cannon factory and um, he spent his nights there just to sort of not be in the home and you know these guys would just like basically break into our house and be like where's your father and like start digging through the cupboards and my little sister was so young and she'd be like clinging to my mom like screaming it would be like three o'clock in the morning you know and my mom would just be like he left us he left us and um you know my parents were like obviously like really disturbed by this and they applied for a New Zealand visa but because we couldn't get a refugee status it was sort of it went on points 
So it took a really long time. And my mother ended up developing cancer um, from all the stress. And like, I totally thought she was gonna die. And it was just like a really, it was just a really full on time in my life, you know? Um, but she ended up beating the cancer and we ended up getting the visa. But then, you know, I fell in love with this boy. And, you know, when it came time to leave, I like so did not want to leave. It's like, can you, you can't make me leave. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we him. can. We can so make you leave. <laughs> um, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Such a romantic. It was like hilarious. But I, I came to New Zealand. It was like this country which, you know, at the time, like I, I knew nothing about. And, you know, I was in Croatia. 14. I was nearly 15. Oh, and in Croatia, you sort of at that age, you're really mobile yourself, you're independent, mm -hmm. you catch public transport, you like mm -hmm. get to school yourself and all that sort of stuff. Whereas in New Zealand, it was sort of like going into a really different world. Like it was all of a sudden like uniforms and they measure your socks. And if your socks are not the right length, like you uh. get sent home and oh. your parents need to drive <laughs> you everywhere because everything's so far away. And oh, it's like, you know, it's exactly the same as Queensland. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was like so kind of weird for me. Yeah. And I was just so depressed. I remember just like eating like a two liter Neapolitan ice cream every single day you know, mm, and like crying in my room, oh. in a, like a darkened room. Like, yeah. and I literally did this for like three months while it was like the summer holidays. And then I had to go to school and I was like fat. <laughs> <laughs> I was like put on like 15 kilos, 15, like, and, oh, and no. like, and literally like not like the school uniform I bought didn't fit. And, you know, I went into that school and I was like, you know, like it's just that whole kind of like, existential suffering of a teenager, mm -hmm. you know, and, and then I, you know, started modeling and, you know, I was like quite ballsy and I had this like whole like backstory of trauma, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but, you know, so, so I was kind of like, I'll get myself and I'm strong and, you know, I can, you know, and I think I didn't also realize that a lot of that kind of outspoken aggression that I had to anyone trying to um, control me was also like, you know, that was also like basically a coping mechanism, you know. Yeah. It was like a defensive mechanism. Mm -hmm. um, but everyone would always be like, oh, she's so outgoing and she's so brave and she's so courageous, you know what I mean? And it, and some people would just be like, she's too much and she's she needs to shut up and she needs to find her place. Um, but the interesting thing was that I think, you know, then moving on to you know, being recognized, um, being found, you know, in apostrophe marks by a modeling agency mm -hmm. and then getting a, um, a contract in Australia and having a really great career here and then moving to New York. You know, I think as such a young kid, it is such a, it is such, it's, it's a strange world. It's still strange because you are thrust in a world of adults and, their opinions about your body and your outside appearance are everything to you because, you know, you make money out of it. And it's mm -hmm. a source of, it's not just as simple as a source of validation, it's a source of survival. And so you put so much time and effort into creating this 
sort of shell of yourself that is perfect, you know? And I think that as as a model back in the day, like, I mean, in, even if my, on my off day, you know, the things that I would do would be like, you'd go to the gym or you'd go and get a facial or, you know, you'd, you'd do mm-hmm. things like this. Like, it was all centered on your outside appearance. And I remember being in New York and just kind of like, like being really depressed. Like I was just so depressed. And I think that whole like existential suffering just really started getting me down. And, you know, even the books that I was reading, you know, that were beautiful books, you know, Paolo Coelho and, you know, like Nietzsche and all that sort of stuff. It was just like not helping with that. There was like a void inside of me. And I didn't know what it was and I didn't know how to help it. And I think that's where it all started. When I started to try and deal with this internal void rather than just concentrate on the outside. And um, that's when I started really reading like, you know, like spiritual books. Mm -hmm. So it was like, you know, you can heal your life and, you know, like all that kind of stuff. So I was like, that's when I started getting more interested in the internal world and also like how just manifesting, like how you track things mm-hmm. and, and also like nutrition became really important to me because I wasn't very aware of it. I knew how to eat and stay skinny. Yep. But I didn't know how to eat and get all the nutrients. That's all from Tanya this week on the One Podcast. You can follow Tanya on Instagram at My Empirical Life is the handle. And I'll also make sure to save the article she wrote on my socials because it's it's just incredible. All right. You want everyone that you know to read this bad boy. She's a great role model, pun intended, for young women wanting to work in the beauty industry. Just to highlight how to do it being smart and beautiful. Now, I'd also like to take a second here to mention one of our lovely listeners. Um... I'll nickname her Cat for now, who sent us a voicemail. She bravely opened up to me about her mother's passing and I just wanted you to know, Cat, how proud we are of you. Everyone here at The One Podcast is thinking of you right now. So while you're listening, you're on your morning jog or sitting down with a glass of red or maybe even cleaning the house and making you time, driving the car, whatever, try not to scream at that guy that didn't indicate – I just ask you to send a love vibe her way so she's not alone in this. Make sure to create a great support network for yourself, Kat. Do not hide from the ones you love right now because you need to feel this and you need those people around you to do that. It's hard and you got this. We love you. Remember, you can follow us on the website, which is onetogetherpodcast.com. You may have even found us on there in the first place. You can leave comments on the site if you like as well. Or you can shoot us a personal email to onetogetherpodcast at gmail.com. We love getting feedback and we also love your suggestions on whether or not you feel you have a story that you could share that could potentially help other people. Now, there are so many platforms we are on now and the best part, if you sign up to Anchor where we are hosted, you can send us audio messages. For example, hello, One Together Podcast. My name is, insert name here, and I would like to say, insert comment here of amazingness and frivolity. So like I keep saying, we are one together. So we love hearing from you because we're creating a community. It's not about us talking at you. It's about us sharing insights and discussing things as a group.
Now, you can get extras on the following socials. Heather Maltman for Instagram and Heather Maltman Official on Facebook because I am fancy. You can also get us on the Tube of You as well, which is otherwise known as YouTube. That's a little dad joke for you. This is the One Together podcast reminding you that one is in fact not the loneliest number. Keep getting after it and feel free to pass this along to anyone who might even start thinking slightly that they are not anything other than the absolute shit because you are the shit. You are the shit. You are amazing. Keep getting... You want me to stop? Okay, no, stop. Sorry about that. I got a bit overexcited. Keep listening.